Welcome to the Standout Leaders of Health and Wellness podcast show. I'm Lucio Prisali. And I'm Lisa. And we are the co-founders of the Health and Wellness Business Profit Systems. We help health and wellness professionals create even more profitable businesses with systems to easily leverage and scale so that they can create a lifestyle business. We believe that every business has a unique approach that can positively impact the health and wellness of the world. There's never been a better time than now to be a leader, to expand your reach, and package your expertise into simple solutions that can move millions of people to a healthier, happier future. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing health and wellness podcasts. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the Standout Leaders of Health and Wellness podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Crisali. I am the founder and the CMO of Health and Wellness Business Profit Systems. And you guys know that is found at healthandwellnessbusinessprofitsystems.com. We're going to dive right in today. I want to welcome and thank our very special guest today, Mr. Eric Degatti. Uh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear his story and his background. And instead of me introducing uh, Mr. Degatti and Eric, we're going to go by Eric, right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just going to actually have you share at a high level what you do as the founder of the Principles of Program Design and how you help fitness and rehab professionals incorporate your proven system. So I can't wait to share all this. Okay, so, well, thanks for having me, Lisa. Excited to, to really? spend the time together. So um, my journey started uh, a little over 20 years ago. Actually, if I do the math, it's going on 23 years. Um, starting off doing, uh, being a fitness professional, doing personal training and, and where that kind of grew, as most people in my profession do, is started gaining a following and then said, okay, well, hey, I need to, to scale this to, to uh, a bigger level. And so uh, opened up my own facility back in 2002. Um, mm -hmm. And I had this vision of this being this all-encompassing um, multidisciplinary center where I had this vision of uh, fitness, performance, nutrition, um, rehab, all under the same roof. And back in you know, 2002, this was not really the norm. You see that a lot nowadays, uh, 20 years later, but it wasn't the cool thing to do in 2002. And, and a lot of those professionals did not play along in the same sandbox. And so uh, that was uh, something where I had to kind of um, create something that wasn't there and, and took all the bumps and bruises that went with that. And then um, about 12 years later, I was um, you know, growing, uh, an outside leg of my, of my professional business in that I was doing a lot of consulting, uh, and teaching the, uh, teaching end of it was, uh, through a company called functional movement systems, which is a, uh, movement system, uh, a movement testing system that was, uh, created by an athletic trainer and, and physical therapist down in Virginia, which, uh, started back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I went to one of their first courses and latched on with, with guys by the name of Gray Cook and, and Lee Burton, who started this FMS system. And then they asked me to help them start teaching, became one of their lead instructors. And I've been able to go around the world teaching that for the last 15 plus years. Um, on the consulting side, I was also getting asked to, to come into different organizations and teams, including we were talking right before we started about some of the professional teams I've worked with. I have the two jerseys from the nine years I work with the New York Giants, as well as multiple other teams in, in different sports. And so uh, because I was doing so much stuff outside of there, I had taken the, the 
brick and mortar business as far as I wanted to go. Um, and the physical therapy group who was subleasing for me at the time was looking for more space. It was a perfect out for me, kept the brand name, moved on and still continue to do uh, the teaching and consulting to this day. Very cool. Boy, it's very similar path to us. We, we, we started with a brick and mortar as well and kind of moved on through that. So fascinating. Um, and I'm sure the listeners uh, are excited to hear about how you have moved on. So I want to sort of um, probe into that a little bit more. So the work that you're doing now, um, you said it's uh, really working with fitness and rehab professionals. Uh, that's kind of yes. where you're leading to, right? Yeah, and, and especially, uh, you know, more driven to the performance side just because of my background and working with, with athletes, but really in all realms and making those two worlds mesh because they're really one and the same. And I, I was, when someone asked, you know, should I take your course or, or, or um, what is it that, that you can help me kind of figure out? And I say, if you use movement or exercise as your mode of making someone better, um, then I'm the one who figures out a system of the best way to apply that. Um, because, uh, we don't do a real good job of that, unfortunately, as a norm in our industry. And you can really distinguish yourself quite well with some very simple tips, uh, and systems that can, that, and, and checklist really that can take you to the next level. Definitely talking the same language. So let's start off with this. What would you say is the biggest problem that you saw solve for your clients? For the hands-on clients that I work with, or the clients that I do the consulting with, because they're they're right. they're somewhat they're somewhat the same in terms of their issues okay. and how I approach it. Uh, their issues, though, are obviously different on an individual versus a, a scaled level. Um, okay, let's so, start, let's start with the individual side. Let, okay. what do you solve for them? Okay, so the the biggest piece is um, is being able to step back. And this is not easy, especially when you first, you know, get out and you've learned all this stuff and you want to teach everybody everything, you know, and, you know, sitting back and listening and then trying to figure out, okay, well, where's the weakest link and being able to be that, that Sherlock Holmes of figuring out, okay, well, yes, all that stuff is important, but this is the biggest issue here. If we can knock this out, a lot of those other things will fall into line. And the, and the best way to do that is having a very good assessment process, right? And so I got very deep into the world of assessment. That's how I got into and get involved with functional movement systems and develop my own assessment systems for everything because then I don't have to guess. And then once I can have that, and then the biggest piece is on a, on a more grand scale is creating awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Most people don't even know what their issue is. And so they're, they're chasing after a lot of different things when they're not really where the biggest problem is. And so creating that awareness by having that assessment process that is not just uh, gauges and numbers and, and statistics, that's obviously part of it, you need the data, but then there's also the, the soft side of that, of asking the key questions, of finding out to dig a little deeper and, and why. I always say I'm like a four-year-old and asking, I, I need at least five whys before I can actually answer your question. Um, those are the types of things that allow me to dig in and, and, and figure out, okay, I think here's the biggest issue and create that awareness around that. Mm -hmm. Because once we're aware, then we can address and actually come up with the, 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 the who, what, when, where, and how, right. um, once we know the why. Okay. So let's, let's shift over to the, 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 the other programs, right? The fitness and rehab professionals. So what is the problem mm -hmm. that you help solve for them? I think it's a similar thing is that there's not an awareness um, of what they actually need and what's going to make sure what's going to actually move the needle in terms of them providing the best service and, and getting to the next effort, differentiating themselves from, from the next person in line. Um, and, and sometimes it's because we get so caught up in the how and all these different um, 
different applications of things and, and different methods. And what I really come in is teach some principles to say, it, it doesn't really matter which me method you use because I can name a dozen strength coaches who are world renowned who do completely different methods right. that all have tremendous re results. Right. I can name you a dozen different methods in rehab that are all extremely successful. So if we just want to argue which one's better, we're going to get lost in the weeds of, okay, well, if we have a checklist of principles and I can apply all 12 of them to, to make myself become better. And so the key is having that checklist to say, are, are you, are, are you, and it's the same thing as the key questions is, are you asking the right questions? Yes. And, 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 and that really comes down to a checklist of saying, okay, well, here's where the end goal is. And here's where I'm starting. What's the checklist of things I need to check off to get from A to B. And so with that, you know, one of the most impactful books that, that I've come across that I, that I reference all the time is a book called the checklist manifesto. And it's by Dr. Atul Gawande. Um, and for the listeners, that's A-T-U-L and G-A-W-A-N-D-E. And he has a bunch of great books, but this book is about basically the use of checklists. Um, and he applied it as an operating surgeon, how that was being used in surgical uh, situations and saying it wasn't necessarily a matter of the talent of the people that were in that operating room. Um, it was a matter of, hey, making sure we don't miss anything, right? Make sure we don't miss big things. And they were able to cut down on surgical complications and deaths in, in operations significantly by just not missing little things like washing your hands. Because maybe you're doing, you know, I've worked with some, some great surgeons who do nine surgeries in a day. And so to make sure that they're, they're checking that list every single time, I mean, that's what the airline industry did to stop planes from falling out of the sky. It's just to have an incredible checklist so we make sure everything is done. Um, and so that checklist isn't a matter of talent. It's a matter of, of making sure we don't miss stuff. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. By the way, I wrote that down. Um, I, I cannot agree with you more. We're really ultimately talking about systems, right? I'm such yeah. a big believer of having systems. Systems are duplicatable. You know, individuals are not. This is really key. So when you have the system, when you have the checklist, it doesn't matter who can, anyone can basically step into that, follow the checklist and make sure that you're providing the same end result for the client or whoever, right? This ultimately comes down to systems. And the mistakes that I even made from the business side of things is because there's so many things that sound really cool that you'd like to be able to do. Like in a perfect world, I'd have this ultimate facility that had all these different things in it. And then um, it's it's like you go to the supermarket without a, without a shopping list and you, and you just buy all the stuff and then you get home and you realize I'm gonna end up throwing 30% of this stuff out, if not more, because it looked cool on the shelf, but I don't have a plan for this. Perfect and so analogy. it's the same thing. It's the, it, it's the same thing when I look at a checklist for someone's training program, or if I'm going to consult with you as a facility to say, yeah, all that stuff is great. I was consulting yesterday with it about putting a, a training program into a baseball facility. And the guy had all these different ideas. And I said, well, listen, let's, that's not going to happen for your January off season. And you only get one January off season until next year. And so we need to focus on what needs to get done for that. And what do you want? And what is it ultimately that you want to have done? And let's forget all about the other stuff because it's not realistically going to happen. Because if we try to do four things at, the, at once, we're going to end up doing zero. If mm -hmm. we do one thing really well, we'll get that done. And then we can get that get some traction for going into next year or even into the summer. Okay. So having that checklist allows us to not get lost in the weeds or not end up buying the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the extra $40 worth of produce that we end up throwing out at the end of the week. Uh, that was a great analogy. 
Um, so I know you touched on this a little bit and you've been in business for a long time. Uh, we actually started right around the same time. Our, we incorporated our company in 2003. So, you know, very, very close to the same time. And it's been an evolution. And I'd love for you to share, um, obviously, the evolution from where you started to how it's evolved now to this principles of program design. Like it's a, uh, I'd love for you to share that sort of that story and how that happened. Well, it was, it was a matter of putting my ego to the side and say, I'm going to try to learn from as many people as possible and incorporate them all. Because in, in, in my industry, in the rehab industry, what happens is we get locked into something that, that catches our fancy really early on. And so in the fitness world, it's you get into kettlebells or you get into uh, Pilates or you get into one of these things. And now you trap yourself. Either one or two things happens. Either you trap yourself in that silo where I'm going to only do what my guru says and everything else I'm going to disregard. Mm -hmm. And I never peek out of that silo or I just keep chasing the next great thing. So, and I joke in the fitness world is you take a weekend certification, everybody does that on Monday. And then two weeks later, you're onto the next thing. And the same thing happens in the rehab world where I would go into teams and they would take a class on kinesio taping and there'd be 60 players with tape all over their bodies on Monday. And then two weeks later, it was something else. And uh -huh. so um, both of those are kind of wrong approaches to say that if I can um, not only just be a mile deep, but also a mile wide, I can, I can check a lot more boxes and I can better understand how my physical therapist thinks that I'm sharing a client or patient with. I can better understand what that athletic trainer is looking for that I need to work with when I'm working on a team. Um, so getting to understand and appreciate that and not be just trapped in your silo a mile deep is being that idea, idea of being in Kelly Sturette, world famous physical therapist is a great term, being a, a savage generalist and being able to um, understand a lot of a lot of a lot of things um so i can best use and pick and choose which tools are going to work in each situation absolutely and fascinating um i kind of do that um in, in our business i sort of do that on the technology side so we've been involved in technology for so many years that it's right it's about finding the right result for that individual for that particular problem for that person or company right it's having enough uh, overall knowledge uh, that you can provide the right answer for them versus only provide that, that one specialty that, that someone does. I think I'm kind of paraphrasing what you just said. So uh, again, I love that approach on this. So um, uh, let's talk about, you know, you work with both the end user and you work with the professionals who work with the end users. So between both of those combinations, what would you say is your superpower on how you work with your clients? Um, it's trying to make the complex simple. And I've already used okay. a, a, a couple um, a, a couple analogies here is that if I'm trying to explain to you um, why your low back is bugging you, um, for me to, to try to impress you with a bunch of Latin terms and explain exactly how uh, your iliopsoas connects to your lateral foramen of your lumbar spine, you've already tuned me out. Uh -huh. um, but if I can find out a little bit about, okay, what do you do during the course of your day? What are the activities you're trying to do? And, and apply that to how you move and say, okay, see what you're doing here. That's making it go this way when we need it to go this way. And then, so the light bulb goes off. So I create that awareness for you. So taking those 
those complex ideas and making them simple so they can make sense um, is, is kind of the biggest thing. It's kind of like the, the old concept of Occam's razors. William of Occam is an old English friar who came up with this principle or law of or the parsimony of using the, the, the it is kind of don't do more when you can do less type of mm -hmm. idea, the, the simplistic way of looking at it. That's, that's one thing. Um, in, in terms of that. And along the same lines is the analogy I've come to use quite a bit. And in the course that, that, that uh, created the principles of program design is I use a video where I use the analogy of the jar of life. Okay? And if you have anybody who hasn't seen it, jar of life is if you have a, a jar and there's a professor who started this, gave this talk and he used a jar. And he said, I'm going to first fill it with yeah. Uh, some rocks, the big uh -huh. rocks, the big rocks are the most important things in your life, your family, the people that you love, your health, those things. Then I have pebbles. That's your, your work. And that's your, your next circle of, of uh, acquaintances and friends. And then you have the sand, that's the day-to-day -day stuff. And he shows that if you put the, the rocks in first and then the pebbles and the sand, it'll all work. But if you put the sand in first, there's no room for anything else. And we get so caught up in the little things and whether it's if I'm looking at evaluating an athlete and we're looking at and saying, well, this athlete doesn't have four degrees of ankle mobility on their left side, say, okay, well, that, that's something we'll take note of. But you realize they can't even touch their toes. You realize he doesn't have, he has terrible breathing. You realize this guy's an awful sleep habits. This person has terrible nutrition. That four degrees is, the, is sand here. And if we can clean up that other stuff, we may not have to ever think about that again. So what are your big rocks that we have to consider in terms of your programming or in terms of your business, in terms of the model to say, what are the big rocks we have to look at? And then we'll look at the pebbles and then we'll look at the sand. It's not that the sand is insignificant, but sand is what everybody's on Twitter is arguing about, right? My sand's better than your sand is that, well, you're missing big rocks here. Like you're missing the big picture. And so that's really the, I guess the, the one thing that I can always take a step back from is that because I'm not attached to any one specific thing that I um, am saying is the end all be all, I, I, okay, I'm not gonna argue about the sand. If you have another way to do that, that's fine. But we gotta at least agree on the big rocks. I love this. Okay, listeners, two major golden nuggets right there. Make the complex simple and the jar of life. Those are both phenomenal. Those are two simple principles right there. I love it. Thank you so much. So let's do a little bit of a, a shift here now because we want to go in and talk about your business and how you've grown your business. And I'd love for you to share how you actually continue to grow your business and actually stand out in this you know, noisy marketplace that we have. Um, well, obviously our, our entire industry on the fitness side of things, fitness and performance side of things took an incredible hit, um, with, with COVID and there's some that have still not recovered, especially on the fitness side of things. And so, uh, where I would go out and teach workshop packed workshops, you know, uh, eight to 10 times a year, you know, the, 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 uh, getting 50 to hundred people in a hotel ballroom now that many times a year is, is, is very tough with all the different restrictions and fears and so forth that go with that. So definitely have had to, to readjust and, and figure out what the next steps are in, in that regard. Um, in terms of consulting with teams is your local high school is going to always have a football team. And so um, that obviously I, we had actually had to get better meaning that um, when I'm trying to prepare a team to play a game like football over Zoom, you gotta get creative when you have kids in their living rooms with no equipment and how am I going to do that? 
Um, and so you have to, you had to think a little bit more. And I think some of my best work in terms of that side of my business was done because of that, because I had to get more creative. I had to be, I had to lean into those principles because I couldn't lean into, um, there was nothing to work with where I had kids doing squats with box fans in their, in their bedroom. Um, in terms of the teaching side of things, um, we continue to do two workshops and so forth. Some of them have gone virtual, some of them have, have gone online. Um, but the, 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 the newest project in the last uh, year plus is myself and, and a, a good friend of mine, Mike Perry, who has a great facility in, outside of Boston called Skill of Strength. We're both fellow instructors for FMS and, and we were just spending some time together teaching a course and we said, okay, well, what's the, the biggest void we see out there? Like we both taught all around, you know, around the world and what's the biggest void we see in our population, the rehab and the, the fitness and performance professionals? is that it kind of the point we hit to earlier is everybody's going out learning the newest, sexiest method. And then they go back on Monday and they have no system or framework to plug it into. And so they, they end up either abandoning it or, or bastardizing it or, or, or um, and not getting the value out of it that they could have. And we said, well, let's, let's put together something on how to actually design programs, not telling you what to do, but how to do it mm-hmm. um, and why you're doing it that way. Everything from, when your first, when your client first comes in the door, of what are the key questions you need to ask? Because if you miss one of these things, you'll completely blow up their whole program, right? So if I want to plan a conditioning workout for someone, and I didn't ask the question of what they did throughout the day, and I find out that this person's a mason, right? The last thing they need after eight hours of manual labor is more of that. Yeah. And so if you, or if you miss key questions about their medical history, their injury history, their training history, all those things, if you miss those things. And you write a program not regarding those things, you'll completely, um, you know, crash and burn. And so that's some of the most simple things that that we have to get people aware of that um, really set you on the path to success is asking the right questions. Doing what you know, if you're going to do testing, what test are you doing and why? And we're challenging people in our course and saying, well, what is the non-negotiables? If I come in your door tomorrow, what do you need to know about me before you start? And then, okay, and then, all right, now that we have that information, what are you going to do with that information? How are you going to write my program? Because what's one of the biggest knocks I hear about either a training facility or a rehab facility is that I went in there and I was doing the same thing as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And how is this about me, right? If I want that nowadays, especially, I can go on YouTube and get free exercises. I don't need that. I can get that for free. Uh, you're supposed to figure out how to connect the dots from where I am now to where I need to be. And and I've had people who say, look, I'm, a, I'm a, a professional baseball player that throws a ball 98 miles an hour. Why am I doing the same shoulder exercises as the 80-year-old woman with a frozen shoulder? Um, and and if, I, I always say, if we had a commission of exercise, right, and we had a, a world commission on exercise, and I could just walk around as that commissioner and walk into any facility that uses exercise as their mode of improvement, and then walked in and said, why are you doing that? And if you can't give me, because this was my standard when I had my training staff, because mm-hmm. if I walked up to you right now, or if your client asks you, why are we doing this? If you can't give them a really well-defined cogent answer that connects to their goal, they should be able to walk out and get a refund right then and there. Yeah. And so if I walk into your facility and I ask that question, you can't give me a really clear-cut answer that ties into their goal, then what are you doing? You're, you're just really showing exercises, which again, YouTube has it for free. Exactly. Exactly. This is great. And by the way, thank you for so much um, 
detailed information. I mean, this is really, really brilliant. And uh, again, instead of being just following rote, understanding the what and the why, right? Why are they doing that? So this is really how you stand out, um, obviously, in the work that you guys do and teaching that so that it's it, we're expanding that, right? So we've seen the same thing. Obviously, our background is nutrition. And again, we teach that, you know, not everybody gets the same nutrition plan. It's the same thing. Like, I'm going to tell you back in the day when I was competing, my, my uh, competition coach gave me the exact same nutrition plan that he gave you know, all of his other 500, you know, competitors. Right. And it didn't make any sense. And my husband being that he wrote, you know, he wrote these, you know, custom nutrition software. We just threw that out. We literally threw out his nutrition plan and create custom nutrition plans based on the individual, because what I need is completely different than what you need, right? We, we understand that. So I, I love that it because this applies across the board. So we're talking about um, obviously growing your business, standing out. Uh, this last year and a half, almost two years has been, you know, very unusual and, and interesting. Where do you see, we want to look forward. Where do you see yourself investing resources for growth over the next year, moving forward versus coming from where we're, we've been at? I think education is still going to always be a part of, of what I do in terms of teaching um, and especially being able to teach professionals uh, to kind of, as we open up the, the, the course, Mike and I, as to say, you get the benefit between him and I, we have almost 50 years experience. You get 50 years of us screwing up. So you don't have to. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's, that's going to be a big component as I think, is there's always going to be a uh, demand uh, for, and I think even more so we're at a very interesting place in in our world is that um, we have more, uh, we're at the intersection, I like to say, of broken and fragile. And here's what I mean. You have more interest than ever than when I started 20 years ago, you didn't have uh, these extreme races and, and Spartan races and CrossFit and all these extreme activities, right. triathlons. You didn't have all that stuff. That's become a multi-million dollar industry because people are craving these really challenging, physically challenging things. The problem is, is they're going from their laptop to that and they're coming back broken. Okay. Now you have the other half that's been ordering DoorDash while they watch Netflix and sitting at a laptop at their dining room table and they are fragile. And so they both need physical challenge to get better, but how do you dose that? So you don't kill one or break the other one even more. Mm -hmm. And there's an extreme demand for the person that can answer that question. Okay. And so the, the story I, I tell when I teach often is, is that if you went into a time capsule, right? And you went back a hundred years ago and you tried to explain what we did as a fitness professional, people laugh at you. Like, that makes no sense. Like, why, like, why do people even need that? Like people just, you just move. Well, because now we don't move. We need someone who can teach you to move. Um, but then if we go back just 20 years to when I opened, right. Is that 20 years ago when I opened, there was, it was, it was a big upper, uh, middle-class, uh, township, that had one physical therapy clinic. I knew who the physical therapist's name was and it was one chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Now you drive through that same town, there's me mega physical therapy clinics on every corner. There's chiropractors, there's, there's massage therapists, there's recovery centers, there's a personal trainer. And all of those things have sprung up because people are, and they're all full because people are broken. Yes. And so, but it, they're not un unfortunately getting better. That's why there's this constant recycling and if you can fill that void to make people aware of where their issues are and empower them how they can fix themselves, and I don't have to be burdened to go three times a week to have 
you know, feel better. You know, I go to the, you know, the, the PT or the chiro or the trainer and I go and I feel a little better, but then, you know, a couple of days later, it's back to where it was. Like that's unfortunately the story that's getting told all too often. Whereas if we can get people to be empowered, to be like, we need to set the bar a little higher here. If you can fill that void, the, the, the potential is limitless of being that individual or being that clinic or that facility. And the, the things that I've learned through doing it in my own facility and the things that I've learned from, from teaching others and seeing what other professionals are doing can allow you to kind of be that person. Because if you can be that person, they'll pound the path to your door. And you're, and the biggest challenge, and, and I'm preaching for the choir here with, with, I'm sure with your business consulting, is retention, right? If I have to constantly keep filling the bucket, the analogy I would use is if you had a piece of paper, I would tell my trainers, if you had a piece of paper and you just wrap it around in a circle, if I put one client in the front, but they just, another one falls out the bottom, I don't get anywhere. How do I seal the bottom and keep them here into a cone shape? And that's really in your programming is that keeps them coming back because there's value to it. There's always something behind the next door because if you got me this much better in a week, what can I do in two weeks? What can I do in a month? What can I do in a year? And so I've had clients that have trained me for, for the whole 20 years. I, we used to have an average retention time uh, of over two years at my facility, almost three years in, in, in my facility. Um, and that makes it a lot easier because it's a lot easier to, to, if you do it right, to keep a client than it is to get one. Absolutely. So, so let's ask, I'm, I'm going to go back to that question though, again, where are you guys actually investing your resources then? So moving forward, is it about programming, um, or, or, is, or, or something else? So there's, there's kind of, uh, there's, there's going to be a couple components of the, the program design. And then as well as my own consulting business is, is going out and, and doing coaching for facilities to say, how do I, you know, um, how do I implement this type of system? Cause I have a lot of young, um, you know, or I've talented people, but it's not systematic. I don't know how to make it so that the, the product is, is a, a constant deliverable. So that's on the higher end is the consulting and the middle end is we're going to have our education, which is a live course, live full day course, as well as online courses of our systems and, and, and um, how you can implement those things. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so uh, again, we know what we've just come through the last two years. Um, moving forward, uh, there's two parts to this question. What do you say are your biggest opportunities moving forward? And what would you then say are also the greatest threats today in the coaching industry? Uh, let's see. Uh, the, I think the, the, uh, the answer to both is oh. social media. Yeah, okay. okay. And so here's, here's the plus and minus of social media. Back when I opened up my facility and you can, you can, it was, there was no social media. It was like, you get the word out. I was doing like placemat ads at the diner. Like I didn't know, had no idea what I was doing in terms of advertising, putting an ad in the local paper, only realized that's going to catch paint drippings in this weekend. Um, whereas I can actually get my message out, which differentiates me from everybody else through social media. I can, I can. I can tell you who I am and I can share you information that can really get people to say, I like what this person has to say. I like a lot of what they post. Cause I do the same for myself of the people that I want to choose to follow. I like what this person consistently has to say. So you can distinguish yourself and you have that medium that's free to do that. Mm -hmm. um, the downside of that is that now, especially on the fitness side, well, even on the rehab a little bit, but more on the fitness side is I have to compete with the influencers 
who are just really good at getting followers, but not really good in terms of their content. I joke, I have a, a son who's studying accounting in college. And I said, the, the one thing you'll have an advantage over what I do for a living is you won't have to compete with a, uh, an accounting enthusiast when you get out of, when you get out of school, right? <laughs> I have to compete yeah. with fitness enthusiasts. Yes. And what that does is it, it taints my client's viewpoint of their, not only what their program should be, but their own reality. Like I said, no one's going to walk into my son as an accountant and say, Hey, uh, I'd like to follow the rocks financial plan. And you say, well, you, you don't make uh, uh, 1% of what he makes. How do you expect to file his financial plan? But yet I'll have people that come in and say, can I do the rocks workout that he posted today mm -hmm. and not connect the dots? Like there's that complete disconnect with reality that happens. And that's the thing you got to compete with. So being able to distinguish yourself against all of that is a very much a challenge because even people who are really smart and who uh, otherwise are extremely successful in their lives fall into the trap of, of really dumb stuff that they'll fall victim to of thinking if I buy these liver tablets or these, yeah. this device or this whatever that I'm going to look like the, the 24 year old that's on steroids on Instagram. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Great. I, and by the way, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's spot on. Um, so I, I'm just curious on this first, how do clients find you, but do you also work virtually or do you primarily only work one-on-one -on -one? aside from obviously the coursework? Yes. I uh, do do uh, work virtually. I don't do as much of that okay. uh, just because I haven't necessarily promoted that. And, okay. and, and since I've gone away from um, being uh, in charge of an entire facility with an entire staff, and I'm just a solopreneur at this point. Um, I it's it's not I, that's not something I've necessarily pursued, pursued, and most of my stuff is all by referral. Cool. Um, that being said, I've had people come to courses who have hired me to do stuff virtually for their facilities uh, in that way. Um, in terms of uh, how people find me, I have my my website, um, and usually, and one of the things that I I did that kind of helped me because I do a lot of these podcasts. I do a lot of teaching um, is I, I'm the first thing on my website and homepage that I created a thing called Ask Eric. And so if, uh, and I always encourage people, especially when I go out and teach is, is or even on these things is to go on there and ask me a question, whatever your question is, put it on there, it goes directly into my email, I'll get back to you. And, you know, when I first would put that up, I had colleagues saying like, I don't want to answer people's questions. I don't want to be bogged down with that. And the way I look at it is that if I've impacted you enough that you took the time to figure out how to spell my name and put it into a browser and then uh, ask me a question, you're actually really interested in what I can offer. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm happy to answer your question. And that's why I've had people ask me questions saying, I took your course 10 years ago. I don't know if you remember me, but you know, that kind of thing. And, and that's led to all sorts of different, you know, relationships and partnerships that have, that have come along the way um, just by answering people's questions. I love that. You guys, again, listen, this was another golden nugget. Um, it's, it's rare these days to have that personal connection. And again, I believe that relationship is everything. And when they, we've had the same thing, like they'll call us and we actually answer the phone and they'll be like, I, especially my husband, like, I can't believe I'm talking to Luto. Right. And he's like, yeah, the, again, personal connection is, is really key to building those relationships so that they know, like, and trust you, right? Like, and Ask Eric is a fantastic. I love, again, as a marketing uh, opportunity, I think that's fantastic. Okay, really, really well done. Um, 
So last but not least, let's let's kind of do the magic wand. If you had a magic wand, what would you invest in in your business? It's funny that you use that. I actually use that same analogy with my mm -hmm. athletes. Is I say, if I had a magic wand in my cabinet and I give you one thing you could step on the field or court or track with, what would it be? Oh. Um, all right, that's a tricky one because I have, you can kind of see one of them. I have whiteboards all over the place oh. with notes of things I, I want to get done on my bucket list of things in my career. Um, so uh, if I could, I guess the first thing would be is if I could figure out a way to get more than 24 hours and seven days in a week, that would be the first thing. Um, uh, Cause that way I can get all these things done that I have on my, my wish list. Um, if I can share with you one of my long-term visions that I'd love to be able to do for in terms of the performance side and having a facility is to have a facility that would be um, supported by uh, different all the different organizations in professional sports and to be able to offer the, the services that that I offer now uh, on a cash basis to be able to offer that on a scholarship basis for for uh, um, uh, athletes in need and to be able to, because if you look at who's who is walking the doors of most of our facilities is people who are who are of, of a higher uh, income class and they're they're bringing their kids with sometimes with pipe dreams of of, of going someplace and, and every once in a while some of those will make it but if I look at who I ended up working with in professional sports that's not they were coming from you know uh, dirt floors in Latin America or coming from inner cities or coming from places like that and if I can only imagine what, if they had access to what I provide to some of these other kids, what they could do, and then how many of those we can allow to transcend that. And that's one of my biggest things of still working hands-on with teams is to say that kid, because he applied himself and now is going to play football in college, is the first kid in his, in his family to ever go to college because of that. He wouldn't have had that otherwise. And being able to have him be that that to to be that role model for the next for the freshman who's looking up to him and says now I can be that kid, and be able to to kind of create that type of system that would be ultimately the long term vision. If I had a true magic wand with unlimited funds and access, that would probably be the big thing is to be able to create some type of uh, facility uh, that we can have around you know, around the, the, the country, around the world, really that where we can provide these services for kids that it can really make an impact. Wow. I, I love that answer on so many levels. Uh, it also, you know, shares with not only myself, but our listeners, your big heart. And um, I love how you see that you see that as a vision and what is possible. Uh, it's fantastic. So I, that really touched me. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Um, so for those people that are listening and they're, you guys, this was such a fantastic conversation today and they, they want to connect with you. They want to reach out. What would be the next great step for them? Where should they go? And by the way, all of this will be provided in the show notes. Okay. Um, I'm on all the social media stuff, um, as well as all those links are on, um, my website, which is just my name, Eric Degatti, E-R-I-C-D-A-G-A-T-I.com. Um, and that's the easiest place to kind of find all of it or just find me on social media is probably uh, the other way. Fantastic. And if you go to his website, Eric Degatti, he has Ask Eric that pops right up, right? So you could mm -hmm. pop in your question and reach out to him directly right there. 
So uh, once again, everyone, thank you so much for taking time to listen in today. This is Lisa Crisali. I am the founder and the CMO of Health and Wellness Business Profit Systems. I wanna thank you so much for joining us. Eric Degatti, I wanna thank you so much for sharing some really fantastic golden nuggets today, sharing your story, sharing your journey and the work that you are doing in the world. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome, have a great day, everyone. Lucha and Lisa here, and thank you so much for listening to the Standout Leaders of Health and Wellness podcast show. If you are a successful medical, health, fitness, wellness, or nutrition professional who would like to be a guest on this program, please visit www.hwbps.com forward slash podcast. That URL again is www.hwbps.com forward slash podcast. And if you got something awesome from this interview, we would love for you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on all the socials. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Standout Leaders of Health and Wellness. That's hashtag Standout Leaders of Health and Wellness. We absolutely love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. And by the way, we regularly publish new episodes and content. So to make sure that you get notified of new episodes, go ahead and subscribe right now. Subscribe right now. And your thumbs up, your ratings, and your reviews go such a long way to help promote the show. And they mean so much to us and our team. Also, if you want to learn more, go to www.hwbps.com forward slash podcast to connect and follow us on all our social media. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. We will see see you on the next show. show.